This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Uh-uh. It's the Pick'em Podcast. This podcast, you never listen to this. I'm going to make you money. How am I going to make money? Well, I'm going to tell you the winners of UFC Norfolk this weekend. Eight and four last week. Two underdog plays. This week, I'm looking for more. This card is not great. Okay, let's just be honest with you, right? So all MMA is great. I'm going to watch it regardless. I could say the worst things about this card. I'm still going to watch it, right? I really love the main event. There are some spots on the undercard I really like. Some of these fights I don't love, right? Um, other than that, I think it's a really good card. Like, <laughs> be, beside all the fights. No, um, it's okay. It's like a C-, minus, right? Uh, it's a free card. We're crowning a new uh, flyway champion, which I think is kind of a big deal. That's the vision that has been kind of overlooked for a while since, I mean... Once Demetrius left and then Cejudo got it, it still kind of got a look. Now we're getting a new champion, you know, for the first time in years. Both guys, I think they, they got the right guys to fight for the title. It should be interesting. And uh, I'm excited for the main event. Another couple of little things there. Now, if you're listening to this, you are probably listening to this with the new logo. Congratulations. Uh, on the last podcast, I shouted out the girl who did it. I want to do it again. Adi Azadia. She is on Fiverr.com. Uh, if you if you want to message me, I'll send you a link to her page and stuff. She does great uh, like logo work and cartoon work and whatever. And uh, I briefly touched on the last podcast, but I saw this. You know, I was on Fiverr. I've been wanting a new logo for a while. I designed the old Shield. Respect the Shield. And uh, but that was for the website, right? I, I I talked about this a little bit on Instagram. I wanted something for the podcast, right? And then. Um, I had the idea, like, I love Grand Theft Auto art, you know what I mean? Like, the cutscenes in Grand Theft Auto, that cartoon art stuff, I think that's really cool. I was looking for something as close as that. I couldn't really find it. This girl was as close as I come. So, I had the wife in the office, and I'm taking 50 photos. Smiley guy, thumbs up, finger guns, me like I'm talking mid-conversation into the microphone. I was holding the microphone, and she's like, uh, I wouldn't do that. It looks like, you know, it looks like you're holding a dick. Um... <laughs> So I did literally 50 photos and then finally I called her back and I was like, let me do like the side profile, like me, like looking at the mic, I'm serious business, right? I did a smiley one and I did a regular one and I said, she'll Photoshop all the back out, put a blue back on that, put the writing I like and um, yeah, that's the one we went with. I sent her two and she chose the one, uh, the, the one that she thought worked best when she's the artist. She's very talented. I could have never done what she did. Uh, my wife could. My wife's a fantastic artist, but you know, she's you know, when I asked her if she could do that for me, she wanted me to go buy her an iPad with the pen on it, and uh, you know, she's busy enough, so it's gonna take about another two years before I got my uh, got my logo. So I had to I had to outsource it, and uh, she did a fantastic job. So I can't speak highly enough for it. If you are looking at anything like that, she's great, reasonable, and uh, it was it was cool. So I really like it. I made, I made t-shirts. If you want a t-shirt, shout me out. Uh, not shout me out, huh? DM me on Instagram, Twitter, whatever. I'll send it. I'm, I'm giving it to her for free. They're twenty bucks. Um, I'll, I'll give you a link or whatever like that, and we'll get you out. Right now, I just got the. I just got white and black, white and black, and then uh, yeah. So everything's rolling. The ball's rolling. I like it, and. Uh, that's it. And then another thing, I, I I briefly talked about this on Instagram before we get to the picks. 
when I first started doing the podcast, it was it was originally the website, right? And then that morphed into the podcast, dropped the website, RIP. I did the shield and I kind of was real evasive about myself and my personal life. But I think that's kind of a crock of shit because now that the, the website's gone, all the platform I have is social media in this podcast. You don't want to listen to somebody where they're not going to get personal, where you're not going to feel like you know who they are. You're not going to feel like they're a buddy, right? And I talk a lot of shit on here, right? I've said some bad things. I'm probably going to say some horrible things on some of these fighters tonight. I didn't want to hide behind like the mystery man type thing, right? So that's why I put my face on the logo. It's not because I think I'm overly good looking, which I clearly am. But I started doing the video picks and people liked them. And I started kind of putting more and more out there. And I think when you listen to a podcast, you're you're deciding to make me a part of your day. So the least I can do is try to be as entertaining as possible and also let you know, like, I'm not a closed off robot. I have a real life and here it is. And, and I'm very, I'm very open and honest. Listen, if you knew me in real life, if you were a friend of mine, there's not a secret you don't know. I tell everything I'm holding back on this podcast. So maybe one day we'll get there. We'll get there where I just, I just let it all hang out. But that's why I put my face on there. I didn't want to be a pussy that hides behind a keyboard. If I talk shit, I want to be. The guy standing up behind that shit talk. You know what I mean? And there's all these guys, not all these guys, there's a few on MMA Twitter where they'll have like, you know, MMA whatever in their Twitter handle. And they're like, hey, if I get this bet wrong, I'll do a face reveal. Or if this gets 100 likes, I'll do a face reveal. It's like, are you really think we're that fucking curious of what you look like? Because I sure shit don't care what you look like. Like, you know, people hide behind this, this anonymous you know, and maybe if you have a high profile job or, or whatever, maybe you want to hide behind that, but that's not the case for me. So, uh, yeah, so that's why I went with the logo. I think it's pretty cool. And I thought she did a fantastic job. My one idea I had, and I, I, I came up with this after she was already making it. I almost bought another one. I almost ordered another one from her. So I'm obsessed with the movie roadhouse. One of the greatest movies of all time. Let me clarify. One of the best, worst movies of all time. Like, right? It, it is so bad that it's great, right? And I've seen it almost 80 times. 76 times I just watched it. I'm going to be going on 77 very soon. And uh, it gets better every viewing, right? I'm a big Patrick Swayze guy. Anyway, the cover of the Roadhouse DVD or the poster or whatever, Swayze, arms crossed with that, like, short sleeve black turtleneck leaned up against a bar, right? And the double deuce. I was going to have her do that. And, but instead of Swayze, it was going to be me leaning up. I, you know, I didn't know if I had to get that outfit cause I would have found it or if she could have just done it cause she's a, a fantastic artist, but that was what it was going to be. And it was going to be MMA takes underneath. I thought that was really funny, but not too many people maybe would have got her. Maybe people would have got it. Also, even though I talk a lot of shit and I'm like a character here and, and, and in the videos, I'm very animated and stuff. And I'm a goof in real life. Like, I, I mean, that's just the way I am. I don't, I joke around all the time. I mean, I take things seriously. I take this very seriously, but I'm not like the super serious person in the world. So I kind of went a little serious on the logo as opposed to going like real, like you know, cheesy. Maybe I'll switch it to the, the roadhouse logo. Like once, maybe I'll get it made anyway, make a t-shirt out of it or something, but let's get to Norfolk. That's it. That's all the time I got for the logo. I'm very impressed with that. I, I, I'm not artistic at all. I can't even draw anything. Like I couldn't draw uh, that S, you know what I mean? The three lines and then you connect them and it looks like an S. It's the only thing I can do. All right. You see no folk, no folk, Virginia. I know that's not how they talk in no folk, Virginia, but I, I just love that Louisiana coach your voice. 
Go folk Virginia. Uh, never been to Virginia. Well, no, that's not true. I've been to Virginia Beach and I've driven through Virginia, but I've never fully like stayed extended period of time. I think we stayed overnight in Virginia. And I know a couple of people at the high school moved down there and we were making plans to go down there. Never been. But UFC Norfolk, I think one of the listeners is going to this card. I wish it was a better card for him. Hopefully it delivers. Um, I think there's some interesting plays on this card. Um, and I think this is one of those cards. I say it all the time. I'm on a heater right now, eight and four. I'm seeing this board so well in my mind, right? I obviously can't predict the future. Believe it or not, I can't predict the future. I know my stats prove otherwise, but I can't predict the future. This is one of those cards where I'm going to get every fight right or I'm going to get every fight wrong. That's just the way it is. And I'm going to bet heavy on it. One of my buddies at work is, is going opposite of my picks, right? He's fairly new to the world of MMA and MMA gambling. He's going opposite of me. He won't wait for the podcast to come out. He doesn't ask me for my advice. He says I'm getting too cocky and he doesn't like that. Cocky? It's confidence, bro. I've been doing this. Well, I've been doing the podcast for two years, two and a half years now. And I've been watching MMA for 18 years, 17, 18 years. <laughs> it's confidence. He doesn't listen to this. So I could, I could literally say whatever I want about him, and he doesn't listen to this. So maybe I'll do that at the end of the show. First fight of the night, Ishmael Naradiv. He's 19, uh, 19 and 3. He's a minus 125 favorite. He's fighting Sean Brady, who's 11 and 0. He's a minus 105 underdog, slight underdog. I believe this line has moved a little bit on FanDuel. I believe Brady was in the plus column. Ishmael's a guy who's really disappointed me. He's got a cool nickname, the Austrian Wonder Boy. Not Australian, Austrian Wonder Boy. He's from Austria, speaks German. Um, I thought he was going to be something better. I mean, he came to the UFC, had a good record. I mean, it's not like he's fall flat in the UFC. He just hasn't overly impressed me. Sean Brady, have a little history. Not really. Um, I studied a lot of tape on this guy when he was about 6, 7, and 0. Him and Chris Curtis. Shout out Chris Curtis, one of my... One of my boys, he was supposed to fight Sean Brady somewhere in a Northeast promotion. I think RFA, somewhere in Jersey. Sean Brady's a Philly guy. Um, it never worked out. There was, there was Chris, you know, Chris alluded to some steroid use. He alluded to Sean ducking him. I know Sean had to postpone his UFC debut for some reason. I Maybe you saw the flag, whatever. However, Brady's a good boxer, right? Basic boxer, not the best kick in the world. He had a tough out with Court McGee in his UFC debut. Court McGee is one of the most awkward fighters to fight. He won the first two rounds, no problem. Third round, he slowed down a little bit. Court started up. You know, Court doesn't get fucking tired. But I was overly, not overly impressed with Sean Brady, but I was at least impressed enough with him because I thought that was going to be a hard fight for him. He has a little muscly, right? Um, he throws big shots, so he kind of slows down towards the end of the round. Hopefully, his cardio has changed a little bit. Maybe pull back on the muscles just a little bit. He's not the biggest 170. He's not the tallest, but he is, you know, he's pretty jacked up. Ishmael's a guy who is fairly well-rounded, but I think if he has any success in this fight, he's going to have to get the fight to the ground. I don't know how easy that's going to be. I think Sean Brady is a big, strong bull for those first two rounds. I think he knows what Ishmael wants to do. I think Brady has better boxing, more power, better movement. But, uh, you know, he's not going to be a standing target. He's not going to get hit all that much. Um, Brady doesn't have the best kicks. If he set up some kicks, if he worked on some kicks, I think his striking would open up to a whole different plane. I think if you're coming into to MMA with no kicks, it's a problem. Work on your kicks, guys. Uh, but I like Brady as the underdog here. I'm going to play a little underdog jingle. I don't know the exact line that's on FanDuel right now, but I do think he's in the plus. I wrote these down yesterday, and you know what, guys? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna double check them. I'm not gonna go back and rewrite them. I'm a busy guy, okay? So 
Sean Brady, slight underdog. I like him. This is a good play. Get your night off right. First fight of the night. Get a, get a good win here. All right, next up, Alon Cruz is a minus 175 favorite. He is fighting Spike Carlisle, who is 8-1. He is a plus 145 underdog. Alon Cruz is 8-2, by the way. I forgot to say that. This fight is really intriguing to me. Spike Carlisle trains out of the training lab over there in Southern California with Dillashaw and Cub and, and all those guys. I know Cub didn't get popped, but you know, Dillashaw's trainer. And, and I, that's the one thing I don't buy was this Galvio, Sam Galvio. Dillashaw went on Joe Rogan's podcast and sucked this guy's dick about how he's the best strength and conditioning coach. He's a guru. He's a wizard. He's this, and he's that TJ gets bust with the best with EPL. And all of a sudden this guru, this wizard doesn't know your fighters taking EPL. Fuck off. Right. You know what I mean? I know you don't want to throw your trainer in the bus. That's fine. But fuck off. Spike Carlisle looks exactly like Danny Bataducci. If you are too young, I'm way too young. I'm the youngest guy ever. But if you're way too young to know who Danny Bataducci is, go Google it. I think he was a child actor that became this like radio guy that was clearly on steroids that did celebrity boxing, right? Tiny, tiny little dick. He got naked all the time for shit, and he's got the tiniest little dick. Um, <laughs> but Spike Carlisle looks exactly like him. I mean, it, it's uncanny. It's uncanny. So just literally why are you doing this? Stop, stop the podcast. Look up Spike Carlisle. Look up Danny Bataducci. Go ahead and do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Uh, but Spike Carlisle, again, coming from the training lab, he's fighting Elon Cruz, contender series. Great knockout in the contender series. Dana White basically was like, yep, you're signed up. Signed up. Third round knockout with that knee. Fought a tough dude. Fought an undefeated fighter on the contender series. Elon comes out of Tampa, Florida with a camp that I don't know. I looked him up on Instagram. I don't know the camp. Um, typically, when you're in Florida, uh, you know, you're going to be at, you know, American Top Team. You're going to be at... Uh, um, fuck, I, Mike Perry's in Orlando. I forget what that what that group's called. It's Jack Ray's there. Hard Knocks 365. Um, he's in Tampa. I think this may be where Favola goes down and trains because Favola is a Tampa guy. Possibly, I don't know. But Elon Cruz has impressed me. I think he's shown flashes on on tape. He's long for this division. Spike, Spike Carlisle is short. Awesome name in Spike, right? Let's just get that out of the way. When I think of Spike, I think of Little Giants, that fucking steroided out running back, you know, Spike. That's who I think of. And I love that movie so much. So I think when I think of Spike Carlisle, I want to bet on him because of that movie. Very interesting fight here. I think Spike Carlisle, I did look up tape. Both fights I could find to him. He was very uh, aggressive and, and heavy-handed. But he's hittable, right? He was getting hit a lot. He got touched up a lot. He is shorter. He's got big strikes. He reminds me a little bit of Sean Shirk, right? Um, the way he plots forward, he's, he's very boxing-based, has okay kicks, decent wrestling. Elon Cruz, I went on his Instagram. Looks like he's been working on his wrestling a lot. I think he knows this fight's probably going to get taken to the ground. Spike took this fight in relatively short notice, I believe, the beginning of no, uh, November. Beginning of February is when he, when he signed with the UFC. Um I'm going to go Elon Cruz here. I'm not going to bury the lead too much. I just think he's too long and just too good at striking and spikes. Spike can get hit a little too much, right? Spike might be hunting for the takedowns. I think Elon Cruz is a little more athletic than, than people are going to give him credit for. He's long. I think he can get his hips out and maybe, you know, stop a takedown, sprawl and brawl a little bit, but he does have some flashes on the feet, good jump knees. And a guy with spikes height is susceptible to those knees. Um, I like Elon Cruz in this fight. I think it's going to be a dog fight, though. I, I I do know people that like Spike. They're taking the underdog here, UFC debut. They like what they've seen on tape. He's got a good record, but I'm going to go opposite. I'm going to go Elon Cruz. I uh, he, he's had the bigger moments. I think he's I think he's ready for this, and I think Spike is uh, maybe not right. You know, I I just think he's maybe a little too predictable with with what he's got with his stuff with his game. All right, next up, T.J. Brown, who is 14 and six. He's a minus 
or excuse me, plus 105 underdog. He's fighting Jordan Griffin, who is 17 and 7. Boys. Dogs. Dogs. You like dogs? Oh, dogs. Sure. I like dogs. This is your MMA takes. Underdog lock of the night. TJ Brown, Arkansas mean. He's from Arkansas, boy. Uh, Change with Bryce Mitchell was on the contender series, got a contract. Solid kid. Um, and then he's fighting Jordan Griffin, a guy who I've never been able to get right, right? Rufus Sport guy. He looks shredded. I saw a picture of him on Instagram. He looks, when they he looks lean, right? He looks to be in really, really good shape. He's always disappointed when he's fought, though. He's kind of a wild man. Um, doesn't have the best game anywhere. Like his striking's okay, his takedowns are okay, his top game's okay. He's not gonna really submit you. Um, TJ Brown. Kind of good everywhere. His cardio is probably his best asset. Little chinny. He has been knocked out a few times in his career. Coming out of that Arkansas camp, that very small Arkansas camp where Roly Delgado, who used to be on the Ultimate Fighters, their head coach. Nothing wrong with that, right? Small, you know, small camps are kind of the new thing right now. You get more attention. One thing about TJ Brown is he's going to come in shape. He's going to come in. He's going to push cardio. Fucking Bryce Mitchell doesn't get tired. TJ Brown's not going to get tired. They train hand-in-hand with each other. I see TJ Brown wanting to get this fight to the ground. I think his striking is competent. I think it's pretty good. But since he has been tagged and put down before with some strikes, I think he's going to best case for him to win this fight to the ground. I like this fight. This is my underdog lock in the night. You heard the jingle. Even though I messed up on it, I'm very upset that I hit the button twice. Let's move past it. Okay, let's not talk about it. Let's not talk about it because I'm not going to talk about it. You don't want to talk about it. TJ Brown's your play here, I know. Um, again, he was a plus yesterday. This line could be moving a little bit, but um, I like TJ Brown. All right, next up, Marcin Tibor, who's 17 and 6. He's a minus 105 underdog. He's fighting Sergey Spivak. He was 10 and 1. He's a minus 125 favorite. Very close line. Slight pick him fight here. Um, this is where heavyweight should be on the card, right? I think on paper, this is a better heavyweight fight than what we had last week, right? Where it was three fights away from the co-main event. Sisoli and Lima on paper. Now, that fight ended in like a 30-second knockout with Lima just destroying Sisoli because he doesn't know how to put his fucking hands up. Tybor has fought in the UFC quite a bit. He's fought high-level competition. Sergei Spivak came from Europe, Ukrainian guy. He was the guy that um, when he came in, he was undefeated, like 10 and 0 or 9-0, and 0, knocking people out. Part of that world usually produces pretty good heavyweights. You know, I can just name a few. But he came in and got destroyed by Walt Harris and then looked really good his last time out. Tabora is a guy who I thought had some skill early in his career. I thought he had some good kicks. He's good body kicks, good movement. Really slowed down. He's in Vegas now. I think he's been in Vegas for a little bit, but I think Vegas full-time. I, I just don't love this fight, right? I like the placement on the card. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind this being maybe first fight of the night, kick it off with some, with some heavyweights. But... Um, I like Sergey Spivak here. I, I like him at the at the number as well. This is a fight that I think I'd bet. I won't bet maybe the winner, but I definitely think it's going to end in a finish. I think both guys could take either guy out. I see Spivak maybe coming forward, aggressive, putting his strikes together, overwhelming Tabura, and Tabura just kind of fading. He does that a lot. You know, he gets hurt to the body, gets hurt to the head. I see Spivak doing that, even though I don't think he's high level. You know, but I do see him doing that. Uh, I like Spivak to win this. Won't bet the fight, but I'll bet the prop won't go to decision. Probably in the minus somewhere because they're both heavyweights, but I, th- I still think that's a good prop. I, I, I really do. I think this fight will, someone's going to get finished in this fight. All right, next up, Brandon Allen, who's 13 and 3. He's a minus, or excuse me, plus 105 underdog. He's fighting Tom Breeze, who's 11 and 1. He's a minus 120 favorite. This is going to be, this is just a bree- easy breezy. How was Tom Breeze's name not easy breezy? Let me see what his nickname is. He doesn't. They don't have nickname here on uh, Tabology. But if your name is an easy breezy, 
you've done something wrong in this life. Easy breezy, Tom Breeze hasn't fought in a little bit, right? It's 11 and 1, good prospect. Used to fight 170 pounds, big dude at 170. Only lost a split decision to Sean Strickland at 170. Popped up to 85 and it has been a fucking man child. However, doesn't fight all that much, right? Um, his last two competitions were grappling bouts where he won. So he's obviously working on his grappling game. Not really sure what kind of what took him away. Was it if it was visa or if it was injuries or whatever? 11 and 1. He's an impressive guy when he's in the cage. He's fighting Brendan Allen, coming from contender series off that big win last time out. He, he uh, choked out Kevin Holland. He's a significant underdog for that. Looks pretty good on the ground, Brendan Allen. You know, he's aggressive. He wants to get to fight to the ground. And um, with Tom Breeze doing the grappling matches, I feel like he maybe will be a little comfortable on the ground. Brendan Allen has a really good rear naked choke, heavy on top, can work to the back really good. If he gets your back, he can finish. He is a finisher when he gets in that position. Good record. I don't love his overall game. I love, I like the, not love, but I like the number next to his name. However, I'm going to rock with Tom Breeze here. I'm going to go with the favorite. I think Breeze is just a little too much man for him. A little too much man for him. I've had so many chicks say that to me. I'm just too much man for him. Uh, yeah, all right. Um, but I just, Breeze, I think, has better skills on on the feet. And I really kind of want to see what this newfound grappling is. It's not like he was in-depth to grappling because he's 11-1. He's never been submitted before. But I want to see his takedown offense. I want to see, because sometimes when guys go grappling, they, they want to play that guard game, right? And then if you're on your back too long looking for submissions, you don't get him, you're losing the fight. So I, I, I'm kind of interested to see how this goes. I think both his grappling bouts, he won by this, uh, by submission. Now, I don't know who the guys he fought. They could have been fucking janitors or, you know, garbage men for all I know. But both wins by submission. I do like Tom Breeze in this fight. This is a fight I'm going to bet. I'm confident in this. Probably not a parlay because this could be a parlay buster. However, straight bet Tom Breeze, two units, no problem. Now, look at me. I'm talking units now. Hey, forget about it. Next up, Gabriel Silva. He was 8-1. He's a minus-130 favorite. He's fighting Kyler Phillips, who is 6-1, plus-100 underdog. They're like the same people, right? You look at their pictures here in topology, they're, they're like the same guys, right? Kyler Phillips fought on the Ultimate Fighter, lost a bracket tone majority decision. Decent little fighter, but uh, was supposed to make his debut a while ago. I, I forget what happened. Gabriel Sylvia had a debut in the UFC against Ray Borg, which is which is a tough out for anybody. Ray Borg's chain wrestling and, and his scrambles are really hard to deal with. Gabriel Sylvia fared pretty well in that fight. Um, I'm leaning Silva on this. I'm going to go Silva, the slight, the slight favorite here at minus 130. Call me a square. I haven't gave you a bunch of underdogs yet. I've actually given you two, so suck a dick. But I think Gabe Sylvia is Kyler Phillips, just a better version. Yes, they look alike a little bit in this picture. I don't know. I don't know what they look like. And like when they get in the cage, it might not look anything like I might like sound like an asshole. However, right now I think on this picture they look like, but I do think they fight very, very similar, similar styles. And I think Gabe Silva is a little more polished coming off that big win. Kyler Phillips hasn't made his UFC debut yet. Fought in the contender series, excuse me, fought in the Ultimate fighter lost, didn't get a shot. Um, and then was, I think he had a, one of the topology says it. I'm pretty sure he was supposed to fight not too long ago. Yeah. He was supposed to, he was supposed to fight Ray Borg. There you go. Back in, uh, back when, uh, Gabriel Silva took that fight. So, a little bit of history here, huh? Maybe Gabe Silva was like, hey, man, I had to take that Ray Borg fight on short notice because of you, and I fucking got a loss. You know, it's my my O's got to go. Now I got to punch your face in. Hopefully that's that's the conversation to have. Next up, Louis Pena. By the way, Gabe Silva is who I'm taking. I don't know if I made that clear enough. I'm kind of rambling. Next up, Louis Pena, 7-2. and two. He is a minus 330 favorite. Beefy. He is fighting Derek, or excuse me, Steve Garcia Jr. Jr. Got to hit him with the junior. 11-3. Plus 250 underdog. Hmm. 
this is a fight that struggles struggles me. It struggles me. I just made up a word. That's how flustered I am and made up a word, struggle. Steve Garcia is a finisher. He's on the contender series, didn't get the contract, but he got a finish. Looked a little sloppy, needed to maybe polish up his game a little bit, but he's a finisher. Good record, big heavy hands, got some losses on his record, but I think he's a competent fighter. Now he's taking this fight on really short notice. Luis Pena was supposed to fight Alex Munoz, who was a wrestler coming out of Alpha Male. Munoz pulled out for, you know, you know, ran out of styling gel or something like that. Uh, need to work on his tan. Not really sure why he pulled out. Pena left AK, went to American Top Team. I don't know what that says to me, right? Pena obviously was training for a wrestler, so I feel like his his takedown offense is good. Is he going to come try to take down Garcia? Pena's capable on his feet. He's got some flashes, he's got some good kicks, got some long strikes. Garcia is big for this weight class. They're both re- relatively the same height. Um, yeah, I don't know what Pena is going to do here. Going to AKA uh, or leaving AKA to go to American Top Team, I'm, I'm thinking it, the reason being is there's better, smaller guys at American Top Team than there are AKA. AKA is kind of, you know, 170, 185 and up. And, uh, and I, I think he wanted to get some work. I mean, yeah, you got Khabib, but Khabib's only there for training camp. And uh, Pena's already got all that work with Khabib. So going down to um, ATT to train with some some of the best at 155, maybe get some new coaching, get new looks. Is he going to come out and stand up, or is he going to come out and, and grapple? I think I'm going to go Pena. You stay away from this. You fucking stay away. It's like me talking to my dog. You don't, you don't touch it. Don't touch this fight. If there's no point in touching a minus 330 in Lewis Pena who's coming off a loss. I think Payne is a talented fighter, um, but I don't love the the camp switch right now. And he's fighting a guy who's dangerous who can fucking knock him out. Um, if you want to take a flyer, plus 250 is looking really nice right now. But if Steve Garcia had a maybe full training camp, I'd really consider it. But since he took this fight on literally like a couple days notice, uh, I, I just don't see it happen. I, I see Lewis Pena winning this fight. All right, next up, Grant Dawson. Grant Dawson, 14-1. and one. He's a minus 400 favorite. He's fighting Derek Miner, who is 24-10. Miner, hardly know her. He is a plus 300 underdog. I hate this fight. This is probably the fight I hate the, the most on this card. I'm not a big Grant Dawson stand, right? I think he's haircut, makes him look like an asshole. He probably is an asshole. Trains out of KC, out of that, uh, James Krause camp. I've heard good things about him, but I haven't seen good things about him. He's gassing a few fights. He's looked impressed in some fights where he's got to finish, but I, I wasn't impressed. Derek Miner's a guy who's taking this fight on relatively short notice. He's uh, 24 and 10, so he's had 34 fights before he's got a shot in the UFC. I think he fought in the contender series and lost. Um, he's a ground guy. He's got really decent, really decent submissions. Not great submissions, but he does have a lot of finishes by multiple submissions. I think he's a little sloppy on his entries. I think he's going to have a hard time. This is a tough matchup for him, in my opinion. Unless Miner comes out and really just swanging and banging and clips Dawson, who I think uh, is vulnerable to that, I think uh, this fight's going to hit the mat. I think Grant Dawson just physically is going to be a little too big for him and uh, too strong and in opposition will probably get the win. Another fight you don't touch. Don't touch his fucking fight because I don't like Grant Dawson at minus 400. I don't like Grant Dawson if he has a minus 200, if I'm being honest with you. Derek Miner, though, 34 fights before he's got his crack at the UFC. That's uh, that's saying something, right? That's saying something in his skill. Grant Dawson's the, the pick, but don't play this fight. Next up, Megan Anderson, who's 9-4. and four. She's a minus 230 favorite. She is fighting Norma Dumont, who is 4-0. Now, they're promoting women on this fight. They're promoting featherweight women. Norma Dumont making a UFC debut. Megan Anderson coming off a win over Fair. Zara Pham. Zara Farm, who's fighting the co-main event against Felicia Spencer, which makes no sense. Uh, Megan Anderson needs to, 
she, she's big for this weight class, right? She's the perfect size for 145, cuts a lot of weight, tall, big legs, big body, but she doesn't have power, right? She's very sloppy. She's in Kansas City training with Krause and all those guys. Norma Dumont, a girl who has some finishes on her record, but 4 0. It's going to be hunt for the takedown, in my opinion. I think it's going to be kind of a scrappy in the beginning, and then Megan's going to kind of take over. I like Megan Anderson. I'm so, this is how this is a pro- properly placed line, right? I thought Megan Anderson would be way higher because she's the name and Norma Dumont making a UFC debut. I don't know much about Norma. She might be this fucking world class beast that I don't know. I could be walking into a trap here. That's on me. I should have maybe done research. I didn't. I looked at her record and said, Megan Anderson's going to win. Pick Megan Anderson. I don't bet lady fights. I don't bet female fights. They're too unpredictable. I don't want to lose my money. Um, if I had to pick, though, this, I wouldn't pick this one. No, I'd go Felicia Spencer if I'm picking a woman. But we'll get to that fight in a minute. There's no point in taking that fight. But I'm going Megan Anderson. Minus 230, a little beefy for me, a little chunky. I don't love it. All right, next up, fight I'm looking forward to the most besides the main event. Ian Kutalaba, who is 15 and 4. He's a plus 170 underdog. He's fighting Magomed Akalayev, who is 12 and 1. He's a minus 210 favorite. Love this fight. Um, hand up, embarrassing, embarrassing time. Um, Ian Kutalaba. I probably have mentioned here on the podcast and I've mentioned maybe even to friends that he's Brazilian. Uh, I just hit the mic there. That's why it sounded louder. I ain't to me. Sounds Brazilian. He paints himself green at the weigh-ins. I thought because of the Brazilian flag, his nickname is the Hulk. So the incredible Hulk, he's from Moldova. Now I had to look up where the fuck Moldova was at. It's part of Ukraine. It's Europe way off. So I'm embarrassed, guys. I thought this guy was Brazilian. However, he's crazy. He's powerful. He's exciting. Uh, and he's, just, he's he's crazy. I mean, the guy's a fucking nut, right? His last fight with Clear Roundtree was awesome. He got took bombs. I'm talking bombs to the chin. And he fucking took him and ended up finishing Clear, which is no easy task. Khalil looked amazing against Eric Andrews. Coming off that against Kutalaba was the heavy favorite. I love Khalil in that fight, and Kutalaba just shut the lights out. Magomed Ankelaya is a guy who I've been high on a little bit. I was I knew a little bit about him before he made his UFC debut against Paul Craig. Dominated every fight, every second in that fight, except the last second where he got choked out. Since then, he's been on a tear. His striking's really good. Um, his movement's really good. He's quick for this division. I think he's a dark horse at 205. Kutalaba, raw power, going to come forward, going to scream at him, going to throw heavy shots. Big, big power, good chin on him. Magomed, a little more. He's got power himself. He's got better kicks, a little more better movement. I like Magomed in this fight. This is my lock of the night. This is my guaranteed bet the house lock of the night. A lot of people love Kutalaba as an underdog here. I like Magomed a lot. Minus 210 sounds like a heavy price, and it probably is. But I would I would put a lot of money on Magomed. I think he's going to have maybe a tough first, maybe minute or two. Kutalaba's going to gas in the second round. Magomed carries that power throughout all three rounds. His last fight was a three-round knockout via a front kick. He can carry that power and he has a good ground game, right? It's not the world-class ground game, but he can't get the fight to the ground. I like Magomed a lot in this fight. I think Kutalaba's going to be in trouble. Um, Kutalaba obviously has a, a puncher's chance. I don't hate the underdog play. If you want to go to Kutalaba, if you need an underdog to really spice up your card, I I, I wouldn't mind Kutalaba in this this position. If I wasn't so high on Magomed, I, I would I would go Kutalaba. I love saying his name. But uh, I do I do think Magomed's going to win this. All right, next up, coming events. Felicia Spencer, 7-1, minus 800 favorites. She's fighting Zara Pham, who is 6-3. She's a plus 500 underdog. I would say um, 
women's fights like this are kind of crazy. No female fighter should be a minus 800, right? Because anything can happen in a fight. Look what happened to Macy Barber. She blew her knee out, lost to Roxanne. Roxanne's a beast. People underestimate Roxanne. I'm one of them. Felicia Spencer showed a lot of heart in that Chris Cyborg fight. She's very new to MMA. Her striking isn't world-class. She's got world-class wrestling and ground game. Sarah Pham made her UFC debut against Megan Anderson. She looked like trash. Uh, do not know why this this has to be a co-main event to spotlight Felicia Spencer. If Sarah Pham wins this fight, the UFC brass, the matchmakers, whoever, would shit their pants, throw up all over themselves. I guarantee it. This is a spotlight to show Felicia Spencer because... She possibly will fight Amanda Nunes next if she wins. Interesting fight. Or Amanda Nunes is going to have to give up 145-pound belt, and there's going to be a new champion. There's not a ton of women at 145. Felicia Spencer, one of the better ones. I think she's going to dominate this fight. There's no, there's no other way around it. If you bet this fight, do not be like a buddy of mine who had a four-fight parlay, which looked fantastic. And right before I placed the bet for him, he texted me said, add Macy Barber too. You're only going to get a couple bucks out of that. There's no point of adding someone that could have something like that could happen. He lost his parlay because of Macy Barber. He had all four fights right. The biggest favorite on the card, he lost his parlay. It was like 300 bucks. <sighs> Learn from my buddy. Learn from my bon- bonehead buddy. And do not do that. All right, next up, main event. Whew, this fight. Is interesting. Joe B. Joseph Benavidez, who is twenty eight and six, he's a minus one forty five underdog. He or excuse me, favorite. He's fighting Davison Figueroa, seventeen and one plus one fifteen underdog. What a fight! I I'm I'm on the camp of I. Let me take a drink first. I'm a little parched, boys. Okay, I am on the side of I like flyweights. Right? You go back and watch DJ versus Suhudo two. The high level of that fight, the scrambles, the pace, the striking, everything's flawless. It was unbelievable, right? I understand the casual the casual alert. If you're a casual, you might get triggered. I understand the uh, there's not much appeal because a lot of these guys aren't knocking guys out. They're 5'5". Five, five. Most people, casuals that watch MMA probably think, I could beat that guy up. I could, I could, I could rattle that guy, whatever the case might be, right? Um, there's always tough guys out there. I assure you, if you've never trained and you're 300 pounds and you just think you're a big guy and Joe B or Devin Figueroa come up, they're both going to smoke you. That's just that's just point blank, period. Let's get to the fight. So Joe B, this is his third title shot. He's 35. This is probably it for him. I can't, even though flyweight's a little thin, I can't see him getting a rematch unless it's super, super close and controversial decision. I think it's going to be a very close fight. Joe B training out of full time in the Vegas now left alpha male years ago. Uh, nine out of 10, one nine out of 10 is only loss for Sergio Pettis after his, he tore his knee up. Uh, first fight back, tough fight, lots of close decision. Joe B is just a winner, right? He comes out there, he wins. He has heavy pressure. He has heavy hands. He has an overall good game. He sets a good pace. Figueroa is a guy whose only blemish is the Juicy Formiga. I thought he lost the Jared Brooks, Brooks fight myself. I thought Jared Brooks beat him. Um, other than that, he's been really dominant in the UFC. His last time out, he destroyed Alexander Pantoja. Pantoja, excuse me. Um, I think Figueroa's starting to get a little more confident, right? He's getting more confident in his skills. Tough guy. He's like a. I just. I've been. I've been following this fight. You know the build up and stuff. And Joe B's very like zen and 
you know, in the mind space and all that, and figure out he's riding horses. He's a fucking wild man. He's very confident in himself, right? Which I which I like. So it's it's a battle of Joe B's been here before, probably knows this is his last chance. I'm gonna go give it everything I got. Figure out goes. I'll probably get another shot. So I'm gonna go out there and be loosey goosey. Two different mindsets, right? Stand up wise, I think Figueroa has the straighter punches and the faster punches, but Joe B has more power. I think Figueroa has better kicks. Joe B throws kind of awkward kicks. Joe B is very awkward. He's very herky jerky a little bit. He switch stances in mid punch, kind of an awkward angle. He, he creates angles for himself. Good takedowns, good entries, good cardio. Um, Figueroa has been taken down before. I think Joe B could probably get him down if he mixes it up well, if he really does his shots. I think Figueroa is probably working on takedown offense as well, though. So in the beginning of this fight, I think it's going to be hard for Joe B to really take him down. Joe B does throw some wild shots and leaves himself open for counters. Sergio Pettis clipped him a few times in their fight just, just by, um, just by, uh, w- with the counters and whatnot. Uh, Figueroa is a guy who I've been super impressed with. A lot of people like him as the underdog here, and I understand it. His cardio is really good. His 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 uh, boxing is really good. His kicks really good. The Pantosian fight, he looked mean in that. His uh, takedown offense is getting better. His takedowns are actually pretty good. He's pretty heavy on top. Not a submission threat. I don't see Joe B ever have to worry about getting submission get submitted here. Joe B is one of the best at getting up off his back. Scrambles. Uh, alpha male like invented that right there's not many alpha male guys that got held down right unless they gas and joe b i don't think's ever gas he's really really good in the scrambles that's how he's got a lot of his chokes and, and finishes and scrambles wears guys out this fight to me is going to get separated by pace the pace of these guys are really going to make or break either guy here figurator i think likes to fight at his own slower pace never been five rounds joe b can fight at a high chaotic pace and has been five rounds. So it's not only been five rounds, but he's hasn't went over Suhudo. He has beat Demetrius Johnson, or excuse me, he has, he has fought Demetrius Johnson twice. He got knocked out and then he lost a close split decision. I know when he got knocked out, he didn't go five rounds, but he did with the split decision. I like Joe B. I'm 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 going Joe B here. I think we're gonna new flyweight champion. I'll tell you what. I love the figure error on the dog play. I see a lot of people picking in. I have nothing against that. I'm 50-50 on my brain, but 100% of my heart is Joe B. I know that sounds very corny, maybe a little gay. I've just been a fan of Joe B. I like to see him win it. He was an elite guy at WEC as a young, young man in his early 20s. He was an elite guy when he got to the UFC. Had his shot at Cruz at 135. Had his shot at uh, DJ twice. This is his, well, this is technically his fourth title shot. I know WC was a different belt, but I mean, WC was so high level. I, I count that. Um, he's 35 now or never. I think he's got maybe three or four more years left in the sport. Let him win a title. Let him defend it a few times. Go out on top. Go out whenever he wants. Um, I like Joe B for sure. Okay, so lock of the night, Magomed. Absolute lock of the night, Magomed Akinlayev. And the underdog lock would be... Um, will be TJ Brown. I do like Sean Brady as an underdog lock as well. That's the show. Uh, thank you for listening. We kept at 38 minutes. That's not bad. That's not bad. Um, exciting stuff. So Devin and I are going to probably record uh, a Seal Take 6 episode on Sunday. That should be out on Monday. We'll have a pick amount, and there may be another one out next week as well. I'm going to be a busy man this weekend. We'll see how it goes. All right. I'll talk to you guys next week, and enjoy the fight. Come on, motherfucker, back! Come on!
Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? He's real good. The name is Dollar.